This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics, Omaha, Nebraska. I'll do it one more time. Okay, okay. Roll it. Hey, it's Walker. You're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comicast. Show that. Sort of break it, break it down like this. Chocolate Chunks. Welcome to episode 42 of THN, where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, November 16th. My beautiful singing voice is almost back. I'm still kind of raspy. You sound pretty good. My name is Matt Bomb, and when I'm not rubbing down the inner cavities of large dead birds with rosemary, garlic, compound butter, and kosher salt in preparation for my annual MST3K Turkey Day Marathon, I'm writing about and appraising comics for WorkPoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick, artisan co-creator of Good Plus Online, and when I'm begging Matt... When you're not begging When I'm not begging Matt... <laughs> there we go. ...to stop showing me his dog's penis on FaceTime... This is a true story. True. I'm the manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. These are all true stories. This week, THN reviews Mudman, number one from Image, and Hawken, number one from IDW. Then, we'll review ten comics too fast to convince anyone we actually read them in the ludicrous speed round. You read yours? Some of them. After that, we'll visit the THN <laughs> Sanctum Sanctorum, where pungent incense is right now summoning spectral forms from the beyond to tell us all about some of next week's comics. And finally... The comic pushers return to help one junkie get his comic fix. But before we get to all that malfeasance and skullduggery, let's point the THN weather dominator at Ashton Kutcher's crotch and rain down hell on his generals for the protection of women everywhere. And then we'll talk about this week's big news. Poor Ashton Kutcher. DC Comics announced another new digital initiative this week in the form of their first ongoing digital series, Batman Beyond Unlimited. To which I tweeted, so it begins. Yes. The death of comics. Oh boy. Issues will be broken down and released in smaller 99 cent weekly chapters online, while the print version containing the entire issue will arrive in comic shops on the same day as the first digital installment. So... If you want to buy it in print, you are rewarded by getting the whole story in one chunk while people buying it online have to wait. True. Short stories featuring the Beyond version of the Justice League will be included in the print version of Batman Beyond Unlimited, though they will be available online in advance of the printed release. Confusing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, Adam Beechin and Norm Brayfogel. I love Norm Brayfogel. I love him too. Uh, they'll be tackling the future Dark Knight's adventures while Dustin Gwynn and Derek Friedolfs Handled Justice League Beyond. I think it's just win. It looks like Nagoyan, but it's win. Is that your response to this news? No. Here's the deal. Comics like Batman Beyond, they may not have the monthly sales numbers to stay alive. Right. And like what we're seeing at Marvel right now, axing a bunch of titles. We'll get this to that. Might, and we're going to get to that next. We might, this might be where we see these titles live. Great. And I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly okay with that. Well, and if the sales of the digital... Maybe offset some of the risk in printing it for the few people that want a yeah, hard man. copy. Then all more power to them. And you know what, Adam? I guarantee Adam Beechin is going to make more money off this than he will on a printed book that they have to split money on shipping and printing. And well, so on this and so is not far. like this is a small indie book. Adam Beechin gets paid what he gets paid. No, I mean he does, <laughs> but I mean it's it's going to end up being a better deal for creators too. And if you give people something that is only available like this, you will push people to the web and maybe again. That's where characters like this can survive. Well, and DC is saying that their whole digital initiative is specifically skewed toward driving people towards direct market retailers. Right. Which is why, if you want to read it online in chapters, that's fine. Part one comes out on Wednesday. It's 99 cents. It's the first 10 pages. And then you have to wait three weeks before you get the whole story. But you can go to the 
comic shop on the same day and get the whole story right there for three bucks. Sure. So, you know, you just have to pick your poison. It's an experiment, and I guarantee this will lead to some digital-only titles soon. You know what? I think it but sounds like a... that's not a bad thing. I think it sounds like uh, an interesting idea, and I'm looking too. forward to seeing how it pans out. Marvel's February solicitations hit the net this week and revealed that the Black Panther, the most dangerous man alive... <laughs> I hate that title. And you Ghost like Rider. Book. I like the book. And Ghost Rider are both canceled as of their February issues. Meanwhile... Newsarama reported that Jason Aaron's Punisher Max will also be ending in February. Original reports seem to indicate the title was canceled, but Aaron clarified the issue on Twitter, saying, Punisher Max is ending <laughs> the way I always intended it. He wrote that in all caps. I don't know if I meant to do that. Sorry. It was not canceled. When Newsarama reached out to Marvel for comment, a spokesperson responded, A big change is coming to the Max universe, and nobody can miss what we've got coming. Derp. What does that mean? I don't know. These three titles join a slew of other books that Marvel has axed over the past several weeks, including Victor Von Doom, Alpha Flight, Iron Man 2.0, X-23, and more. Joe, is this a bad sign for Marvel? Do you think they're just trimming the fat? I don't know. I mean, these books are all pretty low sellers, I imagine. They are low sellers. <clears throat> and if you look where Ghost Rider and Black Panther were sitting on the top 300 comics monthly... They were right there next to Iron Man 2.0, X-23, Alpha Flight. Sure. So I'm guessing we're developing, I mean, without them saying what the number is, we can look and estimate who's going to get the axe next based on their sales numbers. Sure. If they continue this trend. Now, maybe they're just reworking these titles. But I now, don't know. there were, when I think um, the news about Iron Man 2.0 or X-23 broke, <clears throat> or Alpha Flight, it was Alpha Flight, uh, the report said... That it is on the same level or ahead of books like Generation Hope and Thunderbolts. Yeah. And those are pretty major titles for Marvel, at least in terms of how you know well they promote them and stuff. So I don't I don't really know. It's a shame because Black Panther, by all accounts, is a great book. We were it both excellent. looking forward to Victor Von Doom. Mm -hmm. Um Iron Man 2.0, I liked it. It kind of derailed for fear itself, but I liked it overall. You know what? I even <clears> like <throat> this this Ghostwriter series. It's a lot of fun. It's, I, it's I been a good time. Super pumped about it, but I've enjoyed it a lot more than I've enjoyed any of the other Ghost Rider stuff in the last few years. I'll tell you that much. Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider is pretty amazing, but we're getting I off track. Never got into it. Uh, it it's kind of easy to to look at that and go, "Oh, Marvel's new corporate masters are you know cracking the whip." But if if Marvel is just saying, "Look, these books aren't working," critically you know, appreciated or not. And they're clearing the way to try something different and new, then that's a good sign. Sure. Rather than just let the same old stuff drag on and drag on when nobody's buying it. Well, and as sales do go down, they're going to have to get stricter on what stays and what goes. Sure. And that's just part of the business. And I don't know if it's necessarily Marvel, a bad sign for Marvel, but certainly I think it's fair to say that they looked at what happened and the clobbering they took in September and October. Yeah. Uh, and you know they've got to do something. And I gotta wonder if the Max uh, announcement isn't something like it's going to be a digital imprint. That wouldn't surprise me. Maybe Max is something that could totally work as a digital imprint. Well, the thing about Max is that they never really went for it. Like DC went with Vertigo, right? Uh, so maybe they're just going to make a huge push, and we'll see like a whole line of Max. Yeah, books. combine it with Icon or something. Yeah, I would be down for that. If Marvel's Vertigo is something I. The idea of that I find that very appealing. I do too. Before I break into this next story, I'm just going to give you guys a warning. Matt and I are hippie liberals, and so 
Just be prepared for what's about to happen. Peace, loving, crybaby, socialist, liberal. Thugs and rapists. <laughs> anyway, finally, Frank Miller took to his blog late last week with some choice words for the Occupy Wall Street movement. In his post, Miller said that the protesters were, quote, nothing but a pack of louts, thieves, and rapists. Louts. Who says louts? Rapists. <laughs> now, while it's certainly within Miller's rights to disagree with the movement and express that opinion, the writer went on to chide those involved with OWS for ignoring America's real enemy, Al-Qaeda and Islamicism. Fans and fellow creators alike took to the web to respond to Miller's rant, and the lion's share of the online reaction was not kind. Though there was a calm, measured voice of reason in the thick of the backlash that came from, of all people, Mark Miller. Yeah, the guy that... The, Mark Millar. It's Mark with Miller. Yeah. The guy that has an, a magazine called Clint because it looks like the, a derogatory <laughs> term for women's it. genitals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like on the shelf. Now, um, Miller with an A wrote that while he disagreed with Miller with an E's views, he saw the, quote, cyber mob mentality, cyber mob mentality that followed the rant distasteful. Cyber mob. Sorry. <laughs> I sound like that kid from home movies. He looks like a Hi, Brendan. Cyber Bob. <laughs> now, Frank Miller's full post can be found easily online, but for now, here are Frank's parting words to the OWS protesters. Okay, I, I want to do this in a really terrible Wilford Brimley impersonation, okay? Okay, go for it. In the name of decency, go home to your parents, you losers. Go back to your mom's basements and play with your lords of Warcraft. Or better yet, enlist for the real thing. Maybe our military could whip some sense in your... Oh, pardon me. Or better yet, enlist for the real thing. Maybe the military whipped some sense. Whip some of you into shape. I can't do it. You're terrible, this. Wilford Brimley. They might not let you babies keep your iPhones, though. Try to soldier on, schmucks. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to check your blood sugar. He didn't say that. <laughs> okay, <sighs> I'm not going to get political here, because there's no reason to get political in it, honestly. Mm. To call the people that are protesting, regardless of what they're protesting, rapists? Well, no, let's talk about what they're protesting. He's but, saying... But there's no reason to even get into that. Rapists. It's Certainly. Really? It is. Why don't we just call them racists? It's too? trolling. It's <laughs> yeah. trolling. That's just ridiculous. But they're not even protesting the war. No. They're protesting, like, corporate greed, and he's saying, you've turned your back on, on Al-Qaeda, right. the real fight. And Islamicism? Did he mean Islamism? Because that's the word. <laughs> Islamicism. It's just, it's, it's, it's lunacy. It is lunacy. Uh, and I'm sorry, but this isn't even vaguely shocking because Frank Miller is a crazy person. Hmm. If you've read anything he's done for like the past five, ten years or saw his terrible spirit movie. I mean, this guy, <laughs> he's out of his mind. He is gone. He's not the Frank Miller we love anymore. And I'm not saying this because he disagrees with me politically. It has nothing to do with that. This is the ranting of a lunatic. Well, I think that's all this is. Most damning is that, like, this is from the guy that wrote Martha Washington Goes yeah. to War. Yeah. And Batman Year One, which has a scene in which Batman breaks in and threatens a bunch of corporate fat cats right. that their reign of terror is over. Right. I mean, he this that's all he used to do. And then rail he pees about. himself. Yeah. Thanks, I mean, Kevin like, Smith. Even Robocop was like this thinly veiled attack on consumerism and materialism yeah. and all this stuff. I mean, and then we get this? I just don't get it. I don't get it either. It's just, I think he's just whacked out of his gourd. It's I think too he's bad. gone. But, I mean, really, it's really hard to separate the art from the artist, but 
Frank Miller, at some point in time, we lost him. Well, let's not forget that his last book was all about Batman fighting the terrorists. Call him the fixer or whatever you want. But, I mean, really. It's too bad. He's laying it all out there. That's this week's big news. If you want to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, hit us up on our Facebook page, where DJ and I have been planning an Occupy 30 Rockefeller Center protest <laughs> until such time as those fascists at NBC put community back into its mid-season Thursday lineup, and we will poop on the ice skating rink. Review time is here, kids. And as always, Joe and I had a Zerbert competition, and <laughs> my belly just couldn't take the tickling of Joe's boyish double. So he gets to go first. Tell him what you read, DJ. I read Mudman number one, written and drawn by Paul Grist. Here's a little bit of the solicitation. A brand new superhero comic by Paul Grist. It's the first day back at school for Owen Craig and it's not going too well. He's been run over, got detention, and his police officer father has been taken prisoner by armed bank robbers. And now his body? Seems to be turning into mud? Uh-oh. Question mark? This is another new project from Paul Grist, who brought us Jack Staff yes. and Kane, both yes. excellent, excellent series that I adore that are just packed full of imagination and character. All, by the way, they're complete versions available in trade now. If you haven't read them, you should do Ooh, so. Ooh, is Kane all in print? Yes. Yeah, oh, read it. It's it's Paul Grist's uh, cop police drama. You know what? I can't speak to Kane. I can speak to Jack Staff. Jack Staff is an amazing comic. But anyway, this is Mudman, a new character created by Grist, and there is a nice little manifesto in the front of the book where he just kind of outlines how much he enjoys the medium of comics and and writing for this format, not necessarily writing for the trade. And I really appreciated it, and I was really looking forward to this book. That said, when I finished it, I closed the book and I went, well, that was okay. Yeah. Like, it lacked something. There was a spark that Jack Staff has. Yeah. That I found missing in Mudman. And that's not to say it's not well executed. I mean, the man is a master of his craft. The artwork is wonderful. His cartooning style is... unmistakably Paul Griffith. Yeah, oh, certainly. It's very, very appealing. And it's all, you know, hand-lettered and, you know, hand-drawn. And he's got Bill Crabtree on colors. And so the book is just really beautiful to look at. There's just something that's not there. The story opens with the two kids going to the old house... And they're going to tag it or whatever, you know, with spray paint. And they get in there and all of a sudden one of them's in this like special room. Yeah. Owen Craig finds a room in this house and it's got a Mudman. It's like he stumbles upon Mudman's Batcave. Right. Okay. That's fine. So there was a former Mudman. Right. And then, you know, he gets chased out by gun toting thugs and he wakes up in his bed thinking it was all a dream. But then weird things start to happen. He starts dissolving. He... It looks like he's turning into mud. So later on in the book, like the solicitation says, his his dad gets kidnapped by thugs and he finds himself back in the house and he's got no choice but to find that room again and become Mudman. Which also seemed really, really hasty. He was heading home and he was talking to his sister and she hadn't been picked up from college by her father yet. And then all of a sudden he's at the house. He, He like they hear about a bank robbery on TV and then all of a sudden he's back at the house and he's going in. And the bank robbers are there with his dad. You know, I, I it just, it didn't, it felt forced. It, it didn't really work for me at all. Well, it's clear that he's losing time, you know, and maybe that's a part of his transformation or whatever, but... But there wasn't know. any reason for him to go back to this house. I mean, in, in this part, and when he does, it just so happens that the bank robbers have his dad there. 
I mean, that's quite a coincidence. I mean, maybe one of the bank robbers is the old mud man. I don't know, but <laughs> well, here's what I it felt here's, kind of forced. Here's what I think. I, I I think that when I first read Jack Staff, I read it as a collection originally, and then I got on the issues when I was caught up. Okay. So by the time I got to the modern stuff, I got the whole premise. I was well versed in the characters, and uh, you know, I was ready for it. This maybe will read way better in a larger chunk. Maybe it will. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not going to read anymore. No. Uh, as a first chapter, though, it didn't really... There wasn't a big hook. The hook was not there. Yeah. But on the strength of my appreciation for the creator, I'm sticking with it. So I don't know what I'd call that. I guess a What's skim it. A skim it? Well... I can't I give it a can, wholehearted recommendation. But I think you can... You, if, I just spent eight minutes... Said, I just spent eight minutes saying, I don't know, it didn't <clears throat> hook oh, me. Oh, you rambled for way more than that. <laughs> um, I think on the strength of the creator, I'm going to give it a buy it because I trust Paul Grist and I think this will be a good story and I'm willing to say, look, stick with it for a few issues. Okay. Spend your money on this Fair one. Fair enough. Give, and buy it. Yeah, I will recant and say, I will give it a buy it on the strength of my faith in Paul Grist and the knowledge that this will definitely read better when there's more story... Told. Perhaps the confusion I feel is what I'm supposed to be feeling. Yeah, where maybe he's putting us in, like, if that's what he's doing, if he's putting us in the character's point of view, because so, he's confused through the whole book as well, mm-hmm. then that's not a bad, he didn't do a bad job. You know, he got so, that across. I guess that's the bottom line is that I'm interested to see where it's going, but the, the first issue was missing something that really, you know, drew me in. Matt, what did you review? This week I read Hawken number one, written by Ben and Tim Truman, a father-son duo yeah. with art by Tim Truman. So here's your solicitation from IDW. Tim Truman returns to the weird west. The industry legend teams with his son, writer Ben Truman, for a violent new tale of the supernatural. In the land of lawless, rode the soulless. Scout, hunter, raider, killer for hire, Kitchell Hawken has been many things, most of them bad. Scalped, tortured, and left for dead by the mysterious... Order called The Ring. Hawken returns, seeking vengeance, but surrounded by the ghosts of every person he's ever killed. Are the phantoms real or illusions from Hawken's blood-soaked past? That's what I wanted to know. Great solicitation, by the way. It is. Uh, and it was certainly very violent. The first Tim Truman comic I read was his 1990 Hawk World, because I was a Hawkman fan back in the day. And I fell in love with this guy's art. Absolutely ate it up. After that... I read his Jonah Hex stories that he did with Joe, with Joe Lansdale, Writers of the Worm and such, and I loved him. The, the creepy, weird West sort of horror feel. Truman is a comics legend who made his name back in the 1980s indie boom with his sci-fi mercenary Grim Jack and his post-apocalyptic Apache warrior Scout, both of which are books I've been meaning to read. <laughs> For years and years and years, because they just look great, and I just never got around to it. Unlike some of the other aging creators that are working right now in comics, and I'm not going to name names, but you guys constantly hear me making fun of the old guys. I don't dislike the old guys. I just do think that sometimes you should quit when you're ahead. This does not count for Tim Truman. Truman has not lost a stroke of his art, and I would argue he may be doing some of his best work right now. This book was absolutely beautiful it was really and it's really a black pretty. and white comic book and you cannot hide in a black and white comic book that is what separates the men from the boys yeah, you want to no know coloring if, tricks to hide your mistakes you want to know if a guy's an artist have him do a black and white book he uses real hard blacks and and this gray zipatone technique and it just makes the old west look gritty and dirty and hot as hell and does it without any color whatsoever it's a mean-spirited weird western story that reads like 
a Sam Peckinpah film written by Stephen King. You know, it's dirty, it's ugly, it's violent. The main character is not a nice guy. The horse poops in it. <laughs> the horse poops. There's, oh, it's a mule. Sorry. There's no hesitation. There's no mercy. There's just an old gunslinger blowing holes in bad guys and being followed by the ghosts, the legions of people he killed. Uh, his son, Ben Truman, who I had never really heard of, I went and looked him up. He worked on Conan the Sumerian for Dark oh. Horse back in 2008. Cool. And I really liked that book. I was reading it. I didn't even realize that he was writing it. The I will say, this had the weirdest paper stock on the cover. I thought it was interesting. I liked it. I couldn't tell. At first, I was like, man, that is so cheap. But then I was like, but the color looks really good on it. <laughs> you know, it gave it this kind of old timey feel. It was like parchment, feel. like a wanted poster. Sort Ooh. of. Yeah. It gave it this very old timey feel. I absolutely loved this book. It was so much fun. And I was not prepared for it. I mean, like, I like a good Western comics much the next guy. And maybe this could have been a Jonah Hex story that it he definitely could have been never got to tell. But I don't believe Jonah Hex ever had a little dog following him around. Anyway. Now, and now for me, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I like Tim Truman well enough, but I've never been exposed to a lot of his work beyond Hawkworld. Uh, I was never really interested in Grimjack or Scout or any of that stuff growing up. And so my exposure is pretty limited. But I thought this was gorgeous. I yeah. thought it was beautifully drawn. It really was. And what I did notice was that the art is a lot cleaner than I remember it being back when, like, say, Hawkworld came out. I remember it being a lot more sketchy or cross-hatchy kind of... Yeah, I think he was going for something like that yeah. back then. His his style has definitely changed over the years. I will say, after reading this, I am going to go back and read Grimjack and Scout. I mean, this was a really good book. Yeah. And, it, I mean, I will say, I agree, you could have put Jonah Hex in this book and it would have been a great this Jonah Hex story. This was obviously a Jonah Hex story. At some but point. I'm very interested. This character uh, of Hawken is really interesting, and I love the name Kitchell. Yeah. I really liked it. I'm giving it a strong buy it. Yeah, strong buy it for me as well. So that is, again, a buy it, a double buy it for Hawken number one, and a double buy it with a few caveats for Mudman number one. As always, we want to know your opinions of the comics we reviewed, so hit us up on our Facebook page and let us know how pompous and bourgeois our opinions really are. Time once again for DJ and I to jump through the window of our bright orange 1969 Dodge Charger we nicknamed the General Zod, hit the gas, and jump over the old broke-down Papio Creek Bridge while reviewing 10 comics at law of aiding speed. Yee-hoo! for speed round. Ludicrous speed. Go! Catwoman, number three. You know, I was down on number one, but the last two issues have really impressed me. This issue was brutal. This book is excellent. Gorgeously drawn and really, really great job, Judd Winnick. Yeah, Buy it. Fear Itself, The Fearless, number three. Uh, Fear Itself, The Fearless is starting to slow down a little bit for me, and I really don't need any new vampire characters in the Marvel U. There's plenty out there that could draw on. Yeah, I'm still in. Buy it. Coward. Xenoholics, number two. Uh, this was just as much fun as issue one, though it took a surprising turn for the completely filthy. <laughs> I have not read this one yet. <laughs> Still, I really liked it. Great art. Buy it. Godzilla Legends, number one. This is Matt Frank. He, he did some work on the Godzilla Neo Project, which is like a Godzilla wiki thing online. Draws really good monsters. Does not draw good people. Oh. Not a very good story either. I'm giving this a lead, unfortunately. Oh. But the cover by Art Adams. Oh, man. And Garius by Art Adams. Oh, worth the price of admission. Amazing Spidey, 674. 
Uh, the return of Adrian Toomes, the real vulture. None of that weird open mouth predator oh, vulture. Yeah, I hate that guy. This was a great issue, though I will say Dan Slott needs to stick to what he does best and stop trying to write hip, young, whatever. It was kind of forced in some parts. Really? But still, great art, buy it. Kirby Genesis, Captain Victory, number one. This is strike two for the Kirby Genesis oh. miniseries. It was terrible. And it was written by Sterling Gates, who I really like, who is suspiciously... Sterling Gates, author of Hawk and Dove. Kind of fallen off... Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh. Hawk and Dove sucks, too. This was really bad art. The artist tried to make all the soldiers look like Halo characters, even had Halo guns. Oh. Leave it. Six guns, number two. Another great issue. Uh, Andy Diggle is doing a great job. It's super tough. And there's a revelation in here about one of the characters I won't reveal, but when I got to it, I went, ha ha, awesome. It was really good. Buy it. Incredible Hulk number two. Uh, the art in this one did not seem as hectic and as, like, meth-induced that's as the last it's one. drawn by three different guys. But I was about to say that's because it, he needed help to finish this issue. Now, that's because he was hospitalized. Oh, sorry. R.I.P. Mark Sylvester. <laughs> He's not dead. <laughs> Did he die? No. <laughs> we don't want to tell him to rest in peace. Jesus. Continue. Uh, regardless, I am not buying Bruce Banner as this character. I mean, I'm not digging it's it. It's just not working for me at all. I don't buy him as a, as the crazy person. I still don't care about Betty as the Red Hulk. Skim it. That's the best I can get it because yeah, I want to see where it goes. Because Jason Aaron, I trust him. I do. I'm and I want to see where time. it goes. Avengers number 19. This was the recruiting the new team issue that last issue was supposed to be yeah um this issue was a ton of fun it had the return of a lot of great characters though i will i was confused as all hell about the developments with the vision completely separate from any reference of what's going on with young avengers i haven't read it yet. oh he, yeah uh, because he's like junior vision in the yeah young avengers. i i i anyway. who was iron lad or whatever yeah, we're not getting into it <laughs> suffice it to say i got to that point i went huh Oh, well, I'm really glad the real Vision's back. Buy it. Justice League, number three. This is another fantastic-looking issue by Jim Lee, but I kind of need a team to get together. It's happening a little too slow for me. One or two characters an issue for the next 60 years. Yeah, I mean, really, this could last forever. And Aquaman shows it's up in the end of this one very finally. Very decompressed. But they got to get it together. And I don't care if it costs more. Give me more story. This is reads really, really, really fast. Very pretty, but a really quick read. I'm still giving it a buy. Crackoom! That is your ludicrous speed round, and Crackoom is the sound of a giant green hammer projected by the combined willpower of the Green Lantern Corps smacking into a planet as seen in this week's issue of Green Lantern Corps. Oh, there you go. And now you know. And now you know. Now it's time to visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum to consult the lesser book of the Vishanti in search of a spell to allow us to dreamwalk into the future to discuss next week's comics. Matt, what comics has your nameless spirit guide led you to? Next week, I'm excited for Fantastic Four number 600 from Marvel, written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Gabriel Delano, Steve Epting, Carmine D. G. and Domenico. Yes, our old friend. Feral. Dalarimple. 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 I still don't totally know what this book is going to be about. I know the thing is in it. I don't know if it's old stories, new stories, but I'm excited. It's over 100 pages of story. It's going to be huge. I think it's the return of Johnny Storm. Joe, what are you excited for? Well, it was kind of tough to pick. 
everything at DC is in midstream. It's, yes. And as tempting as it was to just pick every issue of The Shade for an entire year, I'm going to go with Captain America and Bucky number 624. I also don't want to keep picking Marvel every single week. You can't help it. I guess. You're a slut for Marvel. This one's written by Ed Brubaker and Mark Andreco with art by the wonderful Chris Samney. Yeah, Chris Samney. And this is the first issue of a new story arc. World War II is over, and now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the Winter Soldier's past during the Cold War. Can't wait. Enough of that crap. It's time for another thumping and bumping visit from the comic pushers. Yeah! That's right. We're sipping on Coke and rum and being like, so what, I'm drunk at the freaking weekend, baby, and the comic pushers are about to have some fun. Is it still fun if I'm drinking coconut rum? Gay, but this week's no bone, right? <laughs> I'm a gamer looking to get into comics, but most of the video game comic adaptations I've read, such as Resident Evil and Resistance, have been as bad as the movie adaptations. Are there any good video game comics out there? Joey? Uh, Well, Marvel put out a Halo graphic novel, which was followed by a Halo miniseries written by Brian Michael Bendis, of all people. Yeah, and it was... And drawn by Alex Maleev. Really good looking stuff. And, you know, you can't ask for higher quality creators on a video game tie-in. Yeah. Uh, well, Brian Reed is writing the Fall of Reach right oh, now. Oh, the, the Halo thing is ongoing. Yeah. I mean, it's been a se- basically an ongoing a series of, of miniseries. And they're really good. If you're into the Halo mythos or you like the game, very good read. If you're really in love with Master Chief. I am a huge Assassin's Creed nerd. Like, I'm oh, knee-deep in the latest one right Tell now. Tell me about it. So much so that I picked up the Assassin's Creed comics fully expecting them to be crap, and they weren't. Well, they yeah. Were really Do good. Do you know why? Because they're written and drawn by Carl Kershaw and Cameron Stewart. Yeah, and they're fantastic, man. It's a three-issue storyline that's going on, and it's about a Russian assassin. It takes place in the same world but not necessarily in sure it's a different member of the story. order of assassins in a different period in history so these are way out of print but there's a trade coming for this presumably before the end of the year yeah it was solicited back in september uh final order cutoff date for retailers was this week actually so sometime in the next few weeks i, I expect to see it on shelves speaking of this week a hardcover from valve yeah, yeah valve uh published through dark horse it was it's a from the gaming company valve and it's called the sacrifice and other steam-powered stories. And it's a collection of short stories that were done in comic form about Valve games like Team Fortress 2, Left 4 Dead, and Portal. And Michael Avon Oming had a huge part in doing a lot of it. And the Portal comic, it's worth it just for the Portal comic because it's amazing. So, I mean, yeah, right there, there are three excellent choices of quality video game-related comics. Sadly, I don't think we can recommend World of Warcraft. I'm not going to say, yeah, uh, much like video game movies, there is not a long list. But they are out there. You just got to dig around a little bit. Hope that helps you out, Snowbone. And if you are looking for some comics to read, go to our website, click on our emails, shoot us a message, tell us what you're into, and we will tell you what you should be reading. Because, baby, we are the comic pushers. That sounds perverted. 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 Sort of break it, break it down like this. That is it for the Dreaded Nerd this week. If you found it in your heart to forgive us for last week's piece of crap show, and it was bad. It was really bad. Calm down. You, it was fine. It was terrible. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes where your star ratings and reviews are totally appreciated. Just don't review or rate us on last week's show. And, and, well, let me stop like you real quick. The star ratings are great and they've gone up, but we'd really appreciate it if you guys could spend a couple of seconds to write a short written review. Yeah, it really does help. it helps a lot and gets our name out there. And it makes DJ and I push back our nightly cry time by 15 minutes. 
Thank you again to everyone who clicked our donate button at TwoHeadedNerd.com. And if you haven't, your donation in any amount not only helps us keep this show going, but might get Joe Patrick to get off his tookus and finish our new damn website. I, fi- I made it through school. I've got three weeks of downtime. I've I only got it. 200 hours of Skyrim I, to play, got, and then I'll get to the website. I ain't got no time for your excuses, boy. As always, you can find all things Two-Headed and Nerdy at TwoHeadedNerd.com, like our Twitter handles, links to Ask a Nerd, where you can ask us any of your comic-related questions, and ask for reading suggestions from the comic pushers. Also, don't forget to send us your submissions for the THN Mascot Contest. The winner will be voted on by you guys, and the new mascot will be featured in regular rotation on the new and improved toitatnerd.com, which I swear to God, I am going to work on during break. That's not enough for you. Head over to our Facebook page. We can become a fan of THN and answer the question of the week. This week's mean-spirited query (laughs) on the subject of Frank Miller. Is he still a comics legend or a washed-up, grumpy old man? And really, what was the last Frank Miller work that you actually enjoyed? We were talking about this this week, and I really had to think way back. It's been a while. Probably Sin City. Yeah, but, but not the love story. Not the later stuff from Sin City. <laughs> Next week, we finally get to a review of Infinite Kung Fu as part of our Take a Look. It's in a book segment. Joe Patrick has had six weeks to read this, and he hasn't finished it. Before we go, our I week- have been busy. Our weekly shout-out goes to the Mexican drug dealers that spray-painted a kick-ass version of Steve McNiven's Captain America on the wall of their secret smuggling cave, <laughs> which was discovered this week by the DEA. I am not making this up. It was awesome. Word to you, Mexican drug cartel, comic nerds. Everything else you do is absolutely terrible, and you're a blight on humanity, but that was a great-looking cap. Until next time, true believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd. Signing off. Don't use drugs. Tobacco is wacko. If you're a team. Only if you're a team. Everybody else is fine. Just hit south from anywhere in the good old U.S. of A. And you run right smack into my neck of the woods. And if you're looking